Welcome to the David Levin Show, where we talk about how to raise your inner game so you can do cool things, do great work, and love your life. I'm David Levin. Does it ever seem like you're more sensitive to certain things than other people, like loud noises or pain or uncomfortable clothing or alcohol? I know I am, and it turns out that's an actual thing, and it's not that uncommon, meaning you're not as weird and alone in it as you might have thought. I learned about this this week from a friend of mine. I'd never heard about it before. It's called a highly sensitive person or an HSP. And apparently something like 15, 20% of people fall into this category. My friend mentioned it because he'd recently discovered that he was an HSP and it helped him understand some things about himself a whole lot better. And as he was talking about it, I thought, oh, that's got to be me too. (laughs) In fact, I said to him, if I'm not an HSP, They've named it wrong. So anyway, I found a little test online, 21 signs that you're a highly sensitive person. And sure enough, I didn't hit all 21 signs. So I assume some people have it worse than I do, though it might not work that way. In any case, 17 seems like a lot. And some of the insights have been helpful already. So I wanted to read the list to you, the 21 signs, and see how many of these sound familiar to you. And by the way, this list came from a site called HighlySensitiveRefuge.com. One word, Highly Sensitive Refuge. So here's the list. Number one, you absolutely abhor violence and cruelty of any kind. Now they make the point everybody is uncomfortable with violence and cruelty to a certain extent, but for HSPs, um, it can it's really extreme. Like you can't watch a scary movie and not get almost physically sick from it. This is not so true for me, okay? So I think number one is not a major point for me. Number two, you're frequently emotionally exhausted from absorbing other people's feelings. This is a big one for me. This, honestly, is the reason I'm not active on Facebook. Literally, just reading the feeds from people, the things they're talking about themselves and being pulled into the emotions of their life, it's too much. I just can't do it. I just shut it off. Number three, time pressure really rattles you. It depends a little bit, but if I'm on any sort of creative thing, I hate this. Creative deadlines just ruin me. I'm just stressed out constantly. So I think this one counts for me. You withdraw often. Number four, you withdraw often. Uh, I read this one out loud. Margaret, my wife, Margaret, laughed. (laughs) I withdraw. (laughs) I do. It's funny. Number five, you're jumpy, meaning um, you have a really high startle reflex. This one's not true for me. Uh, Margaret does, actually. She really startles a lot, but uh, not so much for me. So there's a second one that didn't have um, didn't align with me so well. Number six, you think deeply. Oh, boy. Too, uh, you know, too much. Overthink things. Um, spend way, uh, I shouldn't say too much, spend a lot of time just thinking about things. I mean, it's a benefit, but it's definitely true. Number seven, you're a seeker. Also, God's laughably true all my life. Seeking answers to the big questions in life. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Number eight, sudden loud noises startle you. Not so much for me. Their, their example is a loud motorcycle going by. It can really shake you up. You know, I mean, like anybody else, but it's not a, it's not a thing for me so much. Number nine, your clothing matters, meaning not the aesthetic, not fashion, but the comfort, the physical comfort. If your clothes are itchy or tight-fitting, it's, it's really distracting. 
I thought that one was a little maybe questionable for me. Margaret said, oh, obviously. <laughs> so I'll take that one. Uh, number 10, your pain tolerance is less. Oh, my gosh. This one, I talk about this more a little bit later, but it's huge for me, pain and temperature. Uh, number 11, your inner world is alive and present. So strong imaginative life, vivid dreams as an adult. Oof, no question for me. Number 12, change is extremely upsetting. This one's not so true for me. I mean, I resist change a little bit, like uh, I think a lot of people, but I know a lot of people who are way worse than this. Um, I'm okay with change, yeah. I would say kind of down the middle. Number 13, sometimes your environment is your enemy. Oh my gosh, this one's just crazy. They specifically talk about going on vacation and just physical uncomfort, new stimulation. Really hard for me. Number 14, you're misunderstood, which I think I take it to mean they mean people will see this like this withdrawal kind of thing you do or whatever as being sort of shy, and it's really not that. This was not really true for me. I think people pretty much get who I am. <laughs> Number 15, you get hangry easily. Hangry, which is you get hungry enough that you get angry. So hangry, uh, big time for me. This one actually kind of surprised me because I mean, it's been so true for so much of my life, but it wouldn't have occurred to me that it fit in with some other patterns. So that was interesting. Um, number 16, kind of related, who needs stimulants. Um, I'm not quite sure how they mean this, but the part that really stood out for me was at the end of it, they say um, HSPs can be very sensitive to caffeine and alcohol. And those are just both so crazy true for me. Again, this shocked me just to see it written out. I mean, um, I was trying to find an alternate to just drinking Coke or, or Coke Zero once just to get some caffeine because I don't like coffee or tea. And I got some, you know, whatever they are, no-dos or whatever the caffeine tablets are. I, I could not cut a small enough piece, a functionally small enough piece of this pill, quarter of a pill, eighth of a pill, that it wouldn't just blow the top of my head right off. I mean, caffeine is super sensitive. Alcohol too. I mean, to the point where I sometimes think this must be psychosomatic because the biology, as I understand it, of alcohol effect, there's no way, but I'll, we'll go out and rarely I'll grab a, grab a cocktail with dinner. And the first drink, the first sip, almost immediately I'm feeling the effects of this really strongly. And I think, well, that's just not physically possible. <laughs> and I'm still not sure, but it's just really strong for me. I'm mean, very sensitive to alcohol and caffeine. Number 17, conflict is your poison. I think that's true. I mean, conflict averse, big time. Other people upset, knocks me off pretty good. Uh, 18, criticism is a dagger. This one's a little tough to be sure because I think everyone's sensitive to criticism and uh, you know, doing what I do, writing, putting stuff out, you're exposed to more of it. So you see more of it. Uh, so it is a thing for me. I'm not sure I would agree it's uh, an extreme thing for me. 19, you're conscientious by which they mean you know, you try and do your best. You really care. You follow the rules. You you give things your best effort. I think that's definitely true. 20, you're deeply moved by beauty um, and over the top. I mean, uh, they have different kinds of examples of beauty. But for me, anything that's emotionally beautiful, it's actually, this one's kind of a problem for me because I tear up and choke up so, so easily and so frequently that it keeps me, it causes some anxiety in certain kind of social situations. <laughs> Uh, 21, you're perceptive. This one sounds a little bit like bragging, I guess, but uh, the way they frame it, 
you notice things, you're seen as being perceptive and insightful. I think that's true. So I think I get about 17 of those um, that fit with me pretty well. So those are the 21 signs. I don't know how many it takes to qualify as an HSP. Again, it might not work that way. The point might just be to recognize these in yourself. And if you do seem, you know, highly sensitive with some of them to realize there's not anything wrong with you. It's just the way you're wired and that a good chunk of the population is wired in a similar way. And I think there's some real comfort and understanding in understanding that, I should say, because, you know, you can think these things make you a little weird and it can be uncomfortable at times, emotionally uncomfortable. I can tell you I've had many awkward and uncomfortable moments related to these various uh, traits. First one comes to mind, sounds kind of funny, but getting into a hot tub. It can take me forever to work my way into a hot tub because every step is agony. It's just so crazy hot. It takes everything I have, all my willpower, to get myself in there. Now, once I'm in, I'm fine, but the transition, it's torture. But other people, same tub, same temperature, they're just walking in and out like it's nothing. And it just blows my mind that anyone can do that because it's so painful for me. So that's obviously a big temperature sensitivity difference. And the emotional discomfort comes because, you know, people just think you're being a baby, right? There's real judgment in that. And that is a powerful observation. We assume others are having the same sensory experience that we are. And they're just dealing with it differently. Some are tough about it. Some are big babies like me. But the science around this tells us that that's just not true. Everyone has their own sensory and emotional experience. And that explains a lot of the difference. So hot tubs are a problem for me. There's also been plenty of uh, marital tension, shall we say, over the years at parties and things when I'm looking for a way to get out of there as soon as possible, especially if it's noisy. Whereas Margaret, you know, thinks we should stay longer, be more sociable, that I'm being sort of selfish and immature. Again, the assumption is that we're all having the same experience and some are dealing with it better than others, but it's just not the case. And it causes some real problems in our lives. The impulse for the highly sensitive person can also be to isolate yourself more and more just to protect yourself from all this overwhelming input. And uh, isolation is almost always a bad idea, right? It gets you into a downward spiral. It's, it's exactly the opposite of what we need and want to have a kind of a full, rich life. So I think the big help in recognizing these traits in yourself is that first it helps you depersonalize it and stop thinking in terms of there being something wrong or something weak in you okay it's not that it's just the way we're wired if other people felt what you did they would act exactly the same it also helps you start to manage it more effectively you can watch and plan ahead for situations that you know are going to be difficult for you make things easier not so stressful and overwhelming it also helps you take advantage of the benefits of being sensitive, because there are a ton of those, more creative, more intuitive, more empathetic, uh, more observant and insightful. There really is a lot of good in being extra sensitive. And when you can manage the difficulties of it better, it allows all those positive to emerge, which is excellent. So anyway, this is a very interesting topic to me. I might talk more about this on a future podcast, maybe have my friend on talk about his experience. 
So if you fit the profile or think you know someone who does, I suggest you just do a search on HSP, just a Google search. You'll find several different resources. I can't vouch for any of them, yet I haven't really dug into any of them yet. And a first impression is that there is definitely a precious element I'm not crazy about in some of this. I don't like the implication that HSPs are special or need to be handled with care, for one thing. I don't even like giving them a name, HSP. Any sort of label and special identity makes me uncomfortable. Excuse me. But that, any sort of label and special identity makes me uncomfortable. But that might be an HSP trait too, for all I know. Anyway, I'd still recommend searching around, bound to find something helpful. You also might think about picking up a copy of Raise Your Inner Game if you haven't already. And I know that sounds like a non sequitur, but it turns out that material is perfectly suited for the highly sensitive person. This is actually the reason my friend brought this up to me. Once he realized that he was an HSP, he wanted to let me know that Raise Your Inner Game was more helpful than anything else he'd found in not only dealing with it, but in actually taking advantage of it, in thriving with it. And this was sort of a shock, really. But when I thought about it, it made such perfect sense, it almost made me laugh. As you probably know, the origin of the book was just what I had learned and developed for myself over the years to help me do the kind of work and be the kind of person I wanted to be day to day. Now, it went through several testing phases after that to make sure it wasn't only helpful for me, but that's where it started. So now that I know that I fit the HSP profile, it only makes sense that Raise Your Inner Game would be a big help for other HSPs. So anyway, it's not really a gratuitous plug for the book. Raise Your Inner Game is actually an excellent resource, maybe the best resource for highly sensitive people because it helps you get control of those thoughts and impulses and makes all the struggles easier. So you can get the book directly on my site, davidlevin.com, right there on the homepage. Also at Amazon, of course, Kindle, iBooks, audible.com if you prefer audiobooks. So that was a very interesting surprise discovery this week. I hope you found it as interesting as I did. As I said, I may talk more about this in the future. So let me know if you'd like me to. If you're interested in that, leave a comment. Let me know what you think about all this. Maybe subscribe to the podcast, The David Levin Show, so you can get that when it comes out. iTunes, Google Play for that. Otherwise, that is it for this week. Thank you again for listening. Keep up the good work. I'll talk to you next time.